Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And welcome to episode 303 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... Ray, how are you doing? I'm good, Dave. Thank you. It's not been long since I was last on and I, it's a pleasure to be back so soon. Yes, yes. We, we've sped up the rotation very slightly because uh, with Bex being out at the moment because she's buried under piles of work, which is good news, but she's still quite busy. She will be back on at some point when things calm down for her. But uh, it means that uh, the rotation's like sped up a little bit. So you're back quite early for a change. Yep. What have you been watching the last few weeks? Well, not a huge amount. It's been quite busy for me. And there's no film of the month yet. I know June's not over. I haven't seen enough new stuff to uh, talk about my film of the month. So I'm going to leave that one for a moment. Uh, I'm going to talk about some of the series I've binged over the last three weeks. Um, I finished This Time with Alan Partridge on BBC. I also finished Inside Number Nine. Uh, both really strong. I think I preferred Inside Number 9 this time round. I have this relationship with Alan Partridge where I know it's supposed to be cringe humour, but I just feel so uncomfortable when watching it. And yeah, I'm I'm not on that borderline of just finding it hilariously funny yet. I'm just, I'm more cringy when I'm watching it. So uh, yeah, definitely preferred Inside Number 9, what they do. And just to know about the twists as you get closer to the end of the episode, um, I'm always trying to second guess what the twists will be, but they're just such good idea generators. Yeah. Steve and Reese who make it. So really enjoyed that. Um, And I also finished Invincible, obviously late to the party. I know when I was in, in the, the last podcast with you and Matt, I was, I think I had two episodes left and I really enjoyed it. It's so gory. I mean, it's so brilliant, comparable to the boys. I liked how they left it. Gives us lots of potential for season two. And I believe season three, which they've given the green light to have two more seasons after this. Um, And uh, no, really enjoyed it. Like the storyline. And I think actually it's quite good as a cartoon. I think I, I was sitting there towards the end thinking, wonder if it could be a live action drama, but I don't think it needed to be. And I think it was more believable and i just love the sort of the real raft of brilliant names offering voices to that as well yeah i think you'd struggle doing that in live action as well because yeah. oh the, yeah the budget you'd need and i think they get away with a lot more in animated form that I, I think i mean you can get away with a lot of gore in live action but i think you kind of struggle to get away with quite as much as they did in invincible i mean the final episode i i won't 
go into exactly what happened, but I mean, there are some brutal, brutal moments in oh, that final episode. So it's horrendous. so horrific. Yeah. I, I don't think you'd be able to get away with that in no. live action. It's certainly not quite to the same extent. So I think it works well as an animated series. I've actually read the first five comic books as well, which are, are kind of interesting because much like The Walking Dead, it is sort of the same story. There are certain plot points which are the same, but it's entirely remixed in a different order and things pop uh, up at different points. Like the Guardians don't appear until like the second book. And, you know, so there's there's all sorts of things moved around in it. So you can actually read the books and get a very different experience to the TV show. I kind of preferred what they did with the TV show actually to the books, but they're interesting as well just to, to see that. And there's bits in the book story which have been altered for the TV version, I think, in a positive way as well. So uh, it's good if you're a fan of it, it is worth going out and getting the books to run alongside it. But uh, yeah, I, I love the TV series and it is, has been renewed for two more seasons as well, at yeah. least. So Definitely looking forward to that coming back. Um, and then a lot of the things I'm currently watching, um, I haven't started loads of new things just because I've been so busy, but uh, I'm currently watching Loki, obviously second episode just aired last week. Mm-hmm. Um, are you watching that at the moment, Dave? Yes, enjoying that? Yeah, I am. I think it's a really interesting, slightly more in the WandaVision vein of being a little more off the wall rather than straight MCU. You know, there's there's yeah. lots of yeah. weird and wonderful stuff in there. Tom Hiddleston is fantastic. It's a different area that we haven't seen before. It's playing around with the timelines and all that sort of stuff. They are, I think, setting things up for this Multiverse of Madness movie, which I think is going to be the big sort of tentpole thing. Yeah. Sort of like Civil War ended up being in the last phase. It's the thing that I think is going to start to merge things together and will explode the MCU in an entirely different direction. I'm really looking forward to seeing where they end up going with it, but uh, it's yeah. been great so far. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's, it's above the Falcon and Winter Soldier for me. I just, <laughs> I think I like uh, when you get to try and look for little Easter eggs and links and you didn't have that in Falcon and Winter Soldier. It was a very straight drama, whereas both WandaVision and now obviously with, with Loki, you're looking for those references to the any part of the universe and you are trying to work out those links and even when they said oh that was supposed to happen when they referred to what happened in Endgame I was like oh yes of course it was and that's why it makes sense and you know I like that sort of engagement with the program whereas Falcon and Winter Soldier had none of that it was very straight straight down the line and it didn't give you that depth and linking and I you know apart from knowing we've got a new Captain America for the next phase I don't know what that drama actually did Mm -hmm. for the storylines I think that's where I'm sort of confused WandaVision set something up you can see after episode 2 Loki is definitely setting something up but I don't know what Falcon and Winter Soldier actually set up for us but yeah so uh, I'll be passionately watching that over the next few weeks yeah I'm not sure how many episodes it is I can't remember whether it's six or eight this one but uh, yeah I think it's six I I think it's six as well but I'm definitely going to be watching the rest of it I I think they're doing some very interesting things with that show and uh, yeah I know what you mean about Falcon and Winter Soldier I mean it did have a purpose because its main purpose I think was to 
introduce Falcon as Captain America. But mm. uh, as a straight MCU drama, it's not quite as interesting and as different as some of the others. And I'm kind of like you. I like the weirder off the wall things. So, uh, yeah. I mean, not that there is anything wrong with Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think it was a solid enough show. But I think the, you know, certainly WandaVision was a wonderful way of kicking things off, of sort of stamping a slightly weirder direction into the TV series. So I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with the rest of them. On Friday, just gone, I started watching season two of Love, Victor on Disney+. Plus. Um, absolutely brilliant opening, quite emotional. It's a really good drama. It's a very sweet, saccharine way of looking at this young person's life. And it's really well done. But, you know, when you look upon all the actors being five or six years older than the character they're playing, <laughs> and they're all uh, heterosexual actors as well, playing gay characters, mm-hmm. there's this extra layer to it that you've got to see. But, you know, what they're doing, having it on this channel, on Star, having it really accessible to young people I think it's a really good show and uh, I'll be watching that weekly um, and I recently started I know they're all ready for me to watch uh, Breeders I started last week the Martin Freeman Daisy Haggard show I'm three episodes in and I'm also uh, plowing my way through Solar Opposites not as quick as I wanted I remember I said now it's finished I'm going to try and finish them all I just slowed down a bit recently right. um, so yeah I'm currently watching those so I'm not watching loads at the moment I've, I've really sort of scaled down because my brain wasn't managing to cope with work and all the TV programs <laughs> I was watching, but um, I'm really picking out quality stuff that I'm watching as well, which is what what makes me focus around this time and yeah. really look at the stuff that I want to watch. Um, so yeah, that's me. Uh, quite a small list this time around. Uh, what about you, yourself, Dave? What have you been watching? Well, before I get into TV shows I've been watching, there was a bit of news that popped up today, which I just wanted to bring up because uh, when you were last on, we were talking about the Friends reunion and yes. uh, we were talking about James Michael Tyler, who plays Gunther, only having a very, very short little bit on that and doing it over video rather than being there in person. And the reason for that has come out today. Uh, really sad news. He has prostate cancer and it's oh. it's stage four. And whilst he is having chemotherapy for it, it has spread to his bones as well. So he is battling it. But I mean, if you know anything about cancer, you know that that's not a great diagnosis to get. So that was obviously the reason why he couldn't travel, I would think, at the uh, reunion, because he, he was diagnosed, I think, three years ago, and he'd been keeping it quiet. But he did come out today and make the announcement that that's what he's dealing with. So our best wishes to him. And good luck it's a very very difficult thing he's having to go through at the moment and uh, yeah I uh, hope he gets through it but as I say the prognosis is not brilliant unfortunately mm, just wanted to mention that in terms of TV shows I'll be watching um, Handmaid's Tale came back for the fourth season this week so I watched the first episode of that I've managed to kind of avoid spoilers because it's all gone out on Hulu in the US I've managed to avoid any kind of major spoilers for it really solid opening if you remember where we left everything at the end of last season, June had been shot and they were on the run and they were trying to get to a particular place. There is war brewing between Gilead and Canada. So it sort of just picks up and continues on from pretty much where we left it and how June kind of copes with the aftermath of the events of season three. Solid performances throughout, gripping, compelling. Same thing, Handmaid's tale has been pretty much since the beginning I would say uh, and uh, just a wonderful continuation of that show so I've been really enjoying that 
Harlequin season two, which I have seen the first few episodes of actually, because it was on the DC press portal, but uh, it will have now gone out by the time we air this, it, it will have gone out on UK TV. Hurrah. That is back on E4 alongside Rick and Morty. They're running those two next to each other. And uh, I think that's a great coupling. Harlequin season two opens up with Gotham in complete chaos and various crime lords have taken over, you know, various supervillains have taken over parts of Gotham and uh, Harley's still being kind of cut out of everything. So she's trying to sort of make her own way and make her own mark on it. It's absolutely fantastic. It's one of the best depictions of uh, Harley I have ever seen. Kaylee Kuroku does a, an amazing job in that role. She's so good. The relationship between her and uh, Poison Ivy is brilliant and um, continues to work really, really well. If you want to go and catch that, it's on Monday nights. I think at 10pm, I think that's airing on E4. So we're uh, well well worth going to watch finished a couple of series Sweet Tooth I got to the end of really really enjoyed that it's a wonderful lovely family drama with a nice sort of sci-fi twist to it the basic premise of it is it's a a pandemic that uh, kicks everything off and uh, people have started to get sick a bunch of people have died but at the same time a lot of the children that are being born are being born as hybrids and they're human babies crossed with some form of animal and the child that we're following is a kid called Gus who is at this point probably about 10 years old and he is uh, part human part deer boy basically he's been taken in the woods by his dad and he's been protected pretty much and told you know not to leave a particular area something happens to his dad a loner comes along and reluctantly ends up taking him on a adventure journey as they go and try and find Gus's mother, who he believes is in this particular city. So they sort of are trying to head out there. And uh, it's a great relationship between the loner and the kid because it's very much a sort of this kid turns up and tags along and the loner doesn't really want him there. And he's kind of tried to get rid of him a couple of times, but they end up sort of staying together. It ends in a really interesting place. I really hope they get a second season for it because I've seen nothing but positive reviews about this show i just hope people have been watching it because you know what netflix is like if the numbers aren't there then it doesn't get picked up again so we'll have to see but i really really hope that they uh, bring that back because i thought it was a wonderful wonderful series i also finished the nevers as well the first six episodes of that there are 12 episodes in the first season but they've only released six so far that ends in a really interesting spot it does that sort of whedon thing of taking a sharp right turn in the sixth episode to the point where you're sort of looking and going, wait, am I watching the right show? Because the entire premise of The Nevers is it's set in this sort of 1930s and you have a bunch of kind of X-Men-esque super-powered people that have gained their powers by this alien thing that flew over the city. And you're following this woman who has set up this kind of orphanage, which is almost a sort of Xavier school collection these people together because obviously the regular folk are quite scared of them and they all have various powers from like chucking fireballs to turning things into glass to reading minds and all sorts of things. So there's a whole bunch of different powers in there. The sixth episode takes this sort of sharp right turn in that it sort of explains how the alien got there in the first place and gives a bit more of a reveal of not exactly how they got their powers but sort of what's going on and explains some more of the background of some 
some of the characters as well. So that is a really interesting episode. I think it ends in a really interesting place. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the next six and whether it comes back for another season because it was obviously tied up with all the Joss Whedon stuff when that came out. Whedon is no longer involved with the show other than being exec producer because he created it in the first place, but it's now he's not showrunner. There are a bunch of other writers on it, so he doesn't have any direct involvement in the show. So it'll be interesting to see whether that gets beyond the 12 episodes or whether his involvement with it kills it or not. But um, I hope they continue it because I did really enjoy it. I think it's an interesting series and particularly where they turned on that sixth episode as well. That's on Sky Atlantic over here and you can go and get it on Now TV and On Demand and stuff. And 911 and 911 Lone Star both came back as well. What I love about 911 is they always spend the opening episode blowing up part of LA, which is hilarious. It's like a, a tsunami or an earthquake or, you know, there's the last couple of seasons, the opening episode has been something catastrophic happening to LA. And once again, it was the same sort of thing. So it's an earthquake in this one and they're sort of dealing with the aftermath of that. So that's been really good. Introduces Gina Torres as the new paramedic captain, who is brilliant. And I mean, Gina Torres is wonderful in absolutely everything. So I'm perfectly happy that she's there and uh, I think she's a good replacement for Liv Tyler. She's taken over that role and uh, I think she fits in perfectly well. Really looking forward to seeing that. And Lone Star opens with a tank crushing a bunch of things, which is great fun as well. So I love those in terms of procedurals. I think they're two of the best procedurals out there. Definitely worth watching. They're wonderful and uh, different to pretty much everything else. They like to go all out and they're fun and uh, definitely worth watching if you've not caught those. Any of those you've seen? So Nevers, I'm two episodes in. I saw 911 and Lone Star came back, but I just didn't have the space this weekend. I was still watching the episodes of um, things like Grey's and The Good Doctor and Swap, which I've all got on like repeat. And by the time I watched all those, there was no time in the evening to start a new one. But I definitely, well, I love 911. I think that is such good procedural drama, the way it's put together. So that that is one I'll definitely be watching. I'll probably start it this week, knowing me. I'm going away this weekend, so I might take my now TV stick with me if yeah. the weather's going to be like this and it continues. <laughs> but yeah, 911 will do. Nevers, two episodes in. I am struggling a little bit with it, uh, but I will persevere and try and get through because uh, I want to get to the second half of the season, which I hear is, is going to be very different. Yeah, do stick with the Nevers. It's not without its issues. I think there are maybe a few too many characters. You're trying to follow lots of people. They've rammed a lot of story into a very short space of time. So you are kind of playing, you know, catch up, keep up, keep up, keep up all the way through. But I'd rather have it that way than it be flat and boring, you know? So yeah, um, yeah. There, there is a certain amount of that, but there is a lot going on in that show. It does feel a bit like they picked bits from a whole bunch of different things and like threw it all together into a big melting pot. But certainly watch it until the sixth episode. I think that does start to explain a lot of things that are going on and maybe gives a signpost to where it may move forward. I definitely think it's going to be uh, worth continuing watching and I'm very interested to see the next six episodes that we know are definitely coming. Definitely want to keep an eye on. Just It is a little tricky to follow in places, that's the only thing. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So we start off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. Another big NBC cancellation we kick off with. Manifest has been cancelled after three seasons on NBC. This was the, the third out of the four shows which were left at the end of the upfronts, which NBC hadn't done anything with. They've now cancelled three of them. So Debris and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, as we mentioned last week, have been cancelled. Manifest makes the third one good girls is the only one that they haven't made an announcement about yet but um, given that they've cancelled the other three that doesn't necessarily look so good because i did wonder whether they cancelled two and save two but they've cancelled three so i do wonder which way they're going to leap on good girls the interesting thing with manifest was actually out of those four shows by far manifest was the highest rating by some margin and was actually higher rated than some of the things that they have already renewed such as the Blacklist and New Amsterdam. But the problem it has is Manifest is made by WBTV. It's an outside studio, which means that NBC don't make as much money back off it as they would if they had it completely under their control. Ultimately, it seems that that deal maybe is the thing that killed it, certainly for NBC. Jeff Rake, who is the creator and showrunner, posted on Twitter just afterwards saying, Dear Manifestors, I'm devastated at NBC's decision to cancel us. To be shut down in a middle is a gut punch, to say the least. Hoping to find a new home. You, the fans, deserve an ending to your story. Thanks for the love you show me, the cast and crew. Hashtag save manifest. So that was the thing he Jeff Rake posted out. The reason that he talks about it being shut down in the middle, as he had previously said, he'd actually got a six-season arc planned out for it. We're three seasons in, so basically, yes, we'd be, it's been shut down in the middle of it. Interestingly, a week prior to NBC, cancelling the series, Netflix had struck a deal with WBTV, who make it, to begin streaming the first two seasons in a second run window on Netflix in the US. That has been sat at the number one spot and stayed there even after the cancellation news landed, which is a really interesting sign. And it seems that WBTV and Netflix are discussing possibilities of rescuing it for a fourth season. We'll have to see whether that goes anywhere and these things are notoriously tricky to work out but you have to bear in mind that not to give too much false hope but the last hugely successful thing that they rescued was also a WB TV show and it was Lucifer and that ran for way more seasons than I think people thought it would do when Netflix grabbed it and a lot more episodes so there is a possibility that we may see Netflix rescue it but it's by no way guaranteed but there are talks apparently going on about whether they can find a way to make the finances work. But, you know, as I say, they did it once with Lucifer. Maybe they can do it again with this. Just to break in here, Dave from the future, just after we finished recording this podcast, sources came out in the press saying that Netflix had passed on Manifest 
and it seems like it is now not going anywhere. I wanted to give you a quick update on that. I'm sorry about FS fans, but it looks like it is definitely going to be dead after three seasons. Back to the show. Was that a show you watched, Manifest? No, I'm I'm, st- I'm gutted about Zoe's playlist. I, I, I wasn't too fussed about Manifest, but it is just weird that they do not want to sort of support those cult following shows at the moment. And like mm. some of those are real feel good. Well, Manifest isn't as much feel good, but it's, it's like that mystery. It's got a story to tell. Zoe's is feel good. I mean, if they were to get rid of good girls as well, I just think who is making the decisions? Because some of the things they do bring out that last one season or uh, are just so formulaic, just aren't interesting. And it's sad news when we lose a program. I just hope that somewhere along the line, they could save a few of them and we yeah. can get some rescues. But we know that's not always possible because we see good programs being cancelled all the time by channels like Netflix. And even Channel 4 recently have been dropping some really good programs mm. um, after one one or two great seasons. And it's just like, well, where's your decision making coming from? And yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, in the UK, particularly with Channel 4, Channel 4's problem is that unlike every other major broadcaster in the UK, Channel 4 entirely relies on advertising. So if it doesn't get enough eyes on it during the live viewing, they can't renew it. And that's essentially the problem. It's one of those things that they need to sort out. Nobody's quite figured out a way of doing it because it's an outdated model and I don't know what's going to happen moving forward. They need to find some better way of funding those channels because at the moment that has become a real issue for them. And they produce some great stuff. But there was a report actually out in the US on one of the industry trades where it was talking about is network TV a place where you now can't do those weirder off the wall things have you got to go to a streaming service if you've got a slightly off the wall show you're gonna have to leave those things to streaming services because they just don't survive on network tv and i think maybe Mm. that is true certainly i think we're getting to a point where you're going to see a lot less things being bought by outside studios they're all going to want to start owning their own content they've now all got their own streaming services you know paramount plus belongs to viacom cbs Warner Brothers stuff, which is uh, HBO Max and the CW, ABC has Disney Plus and NBC has Peacock. So unless they're doing production deals directly with foreign companies, so they get all the US broadcast rights, it's one of those things where you're going to see a lot less of networks broadcasting stuff from outside studios because financially it just doesn't make sense for them anymore. Um, Mm. So it's difficult. It's really tricky. It's very interesting. There are various, you know, if if you're a company that makes TV shows and don't have a TV network as well, it also makes life slightly more difficult for you because if you're somebody like Lionsgate who make brilliant TV series, but it makes it more difficult because despite the fact there are so many more channels, it's more difficult to sell it to a network. Streaming services are more likely to pick it up, but it's very difficult to get things on network TV at this point. So yeah, Mm. it's it's going to be interesting moving forward, I think. In terms of other cancellations, the mood which was a Dennis Leary series. It ran for two seasons on Fox. I don't think it ever aired over here. That's been cancelled, which is no great surprise because they pulled it from 
the network with about four episodes left. So um, that's not coming back. Grand Army, which is some teen drama that was on Netflix, has been cancelled after one season. That was so obscure that that I'd never even heard of it. So <laughs> clearly didn't get much promotion or have many eyes on it. But uh, that's uh, been cancelled after one season. And Dad Stop Embarrassing Me, which was the Jamie Foxx sitcom, which starred Jamie Foxx and was produced by Jamie Foxx. That's been cancelled after one season. So not even something starring Jamie Foxx survives Netflix. <laughs> I know somebody posted saying, yeah, I watched about five minutes of the first episode and thought nope so uh yeah that's um, it, it was awful i don't know what they were trying to do with it and i it, I, it was more about the script more than anything i don't think it was to do with him it was just the script just wasn't very good and when you've got someone of that caliber and you bring in such a terrible script of course it's not going to last and i yeah i watched a few episodes of it and i was like why am i watching this i've got better things out there i could be watching yeah that was an entirely sort of jamie fox's baby as well so i don't know what he was thinking i think he wanted to do a sort of straight traditional sitcom and uh, I think they thought that the name would bring it in but uh, they apparently should have found some better writers for it um, in terms of renewals Cruel Summer which runs on Amazon in the UK it's another teen drama runs on Freeform in the US that has been renewed for a second season so that is coming back Girls Forever has been renewed for a second season that's a Peacock series I don't think it's got a UK home at the moment and uh, from the US as well The Hardy Boys has been renewed on Hulu for a second season you'd think that'd show up on Disney Plus but I think it's a buy-in for Hulu in the US so that's why we haven't seen that over here and I doubt that given the Hardy Boys seems to sit in that same sort of area as something like Nancy Drew I would have thought I'm not convinced that we'll see that get picked up because the Nancy Drew series is like three seasons in and that's never been picked up over here that's been renewed though for a second season in terms of pickups Peter Jackson's The Beatles Get Back has got an air date that is going to be landing on Disney Plus worldwide. If you haven't heard about this, it's a six-hour docu-series premiering in three two-hour episodes, which are going to go out on the uh, on the 25th, the 26th, and 27th. So uh, it's Thanksgiving weekend, basically, in the US that that's running out over. It's a bunch of previously unseen footage about the Beatles. So if you're a Beatles fan, it's definitely going to be a must-see thing. He is using some of the techniques that they put together for the incredible documentary that he did that called They Shall Not Grow Old. A lot of the techniques that they learnt for that in terms of restoring older footage, they put some of that work into restoring some of the stuff of this uh, Beatles footage as well. So there's going to be a lot of interesting things that you've never seen before. It's been fully supported by the uh, remaining Beatles and their families as well. So I'm really intrigued to see it. He's gone through hours and hours and hours of Beatles stuff. I'm very interested to see that. But Thursday the 25th, the first episode goes out with them following on the Friday and the Saturday as well. So that's six hours worth of stuff for that. Beatles fan? Not hugely. I, I can tell you a reason why, obviously, uh, my history as a film teacher. For when I first started, one of the films I had to watch with my students over and over again was um, A Hard Day's Night. <laughs> and I watched it about six times in the space of three years. I like the Beatles. I like their music. But watching the film was really hard work because children of the age they were try to connect them with something like the Beatles and understand their importance in context of, at the time they were making music was such hard work uh, you know so uh, yes, yeah I, 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 I won't rush to watch these it's giving me sort of going back into that classroom so. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's coming to Disney Plus 
Plus. Uh, Truth Be Told, Season 2, they've got a date for that. That's 20th of August. Uh, that was really good, the first season of that. That's first episode followed by new episodes every Friday. That's on Apple TV. That's his landing. And uh, Star Trek Picard, Season 2, there was a little teaser trailer that they gave out for Picard Day, which is a thing, apparently, uh, in the Star Trek community. So for Picard Day, they launched a little first look at Q and his return to Star Trek. It seems like there's going to be a lot of messing around with time and all that sort of stuff in this uh, second one season. So I'm really interested to see that. That's going to be landing in 2022. As I think we mentioned last week, Star Trek Discovery is going to be late 2021 and Strange New World, I think, is 2022. So uh, there's going to be lots of new Star Trek stuff coming in towards the end of the year and next year as well. Moving on to some uh, network shows, there was a big announcement for the Blacklist this week, the NBC series. Megan Boone is apparently leaving after eight seasons. Now, if you watch the Blacklist, that's a bit of a shock, although it does make a certain amount of sense if you've watched the eighth season, because she plays Elizabeth Keane, who is one of the two leads alongside James Spader, who plays Raymond Reddington. It's essentially taking out one of the lead characters, which is a kind of interesting move because they have already renewed it. And the decision for her to leave was apparently done before the renewal came in. So it's not like it came as a big shock. If you've not seen it, stars Jade Spader as a criminal mastermind, Raymond Red Reddington and Megan Boone as Elizabeth Keene, an FBI agent who is part of the Reddington Task Force, a group designed to take down Red's blacklist, individuals so dangerous and devious that the US government is unaware of their very existence. If you've been watching the eighth season, they did do a large stint where they removed Elizabeth Keene's character for about eight episodes without any explanation whatsoever. And it seemed a bit weird because usually when that happens, it's because the actress is pregnant or there has been some sort of health issue, like a, you know a broken limb or something like that, that they couldn't write in. So usually there is a reason if a character like that leaves the show, but this was never explained explained outside of the show. It was explained inside the show why the character was missing. It was never explained why the actress wasn't there. I do wonder whether they were using this season as kind of a trial run to see whether the show could survive without her in it. I do wonder Mm. whether that was the sort of premise of it to sort of sell the idea to the network. And clearly they thought it did because they did renew it for a ninth season. So it is coming back. You watch the blacklist, don't you? I did up till about, I got so confused. It's when I lost Sky many a few years back right i think i watched it up till about season six i want to say um and then yeah i got lost and never picked it up and then i thought i was too many seasons behind by the time eight came back i did enjoy it up until then it was so far-fetched in some cases yeah wasn't it it was really stretched the imagination but no i i enjoyed the concept of it but um i'm not sure i really like megan boone i don't know if i'd jump back in to watch it if i know that she's on her way out yeah i mean it has been interesting this season and i do think that they've possibly got to a point with her character that I I think they've probably taken it as far as they can possibly go and I rather suspect that ninth season will be something of a soft reboot for the show. It will be interesting to see whether they bring somebody else in as a co-lead or whether they'll leave it as the current cast and just spread things around a bit more because although there are two main leads in it, there is also quite a strong ensemble cast with it as well. I mean they've 
got some very good actors in there. I think it can work without Elizabeth Keane as a character in there. And I think it will add an interesting dimension to be able to spin the show off in a slightly different direction. It does also say that although she's leaving, they're describing it as her last appearance as a series regular. So that does imply, uh, I don't know what happens in the finale, but that does imply that she doesn't get killed off at some point and she is still out there and potentially could come back for, you know, little guest spots and arcs and stuff if they want. There's no sort of explanation as to why she's leaving. It could just be a case of she's done eight seasons and had enough and maybe her contract is up. I mean, I would think a contract probably is up if she's because they usually sign for seven or eight seasons. So I think it may be just she wants to move on at this point. But It also could lead to the slow end to the season as well because that screen partnership of those two is really quite... I remember it being quite good and they really played well against one another. I could see this possibly going on for a couple of seasons and then, you know, uh, James Spader doing the same and saying it's mm-hmm. actually time time to end it. And I think he'll be the key, wouldn't he? If he decided to go, they'd yeah. end it. Simple as, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you cannot do the show without James Spader in it. I mean, no, I, no. I, although I am saying they're co-leads, you really, I mean, you can't do the show without Raymond Reddington in it because he is the guy that's providing the blacklist. I think it would be very difficult to continue it without him. So um, it'd be interesting to see where they go with it for a ninth season. I think it's got to a point where not necessarily a bad thing that they're going to try and refresh it a little bit. I do want to see what they do with the ninth season and see whether it does work. Hopefully it will and, you know, they can keep it going until James decides he doesn't want to do it anymore. But uh, yeah, I've enjoyed that show a lot. Uh, There is quite a lot of story to get through, though. I mean, it is one of those things that if you miss a few episodes, you're completely lost. Eight seasons currently running on Sky one at the moment and so uh, we are a few episodes off from the end so that will be upcoming moving over onto NCIS the 19th season of that which has already been ordered there is some rumours flying around that Gary Cole is in talks for a major role in the 19th season so obviously NCIS huge big procedural drama about the Naval Criminal Investigation Service the show currently is led by Mark Harmon, who plays Leroy Jethro Gibbs. And rumours have been circulating for quite a while that Harmon is kind of at the point after 18 seasons that he's sort of ready to move on. He did sign up for the 19th season, although it isn't entirely clear if he's going to be around for the whole of the 19th season. There is some suggestion that Gary Cole may be being brought in as a replacement to take over. We don't know anything about the character these playing other than apparently it's a major role. That's all they've really said. Gary Cole, if you're trying to place that name, he was in The Good Fight and The Good Wife as Kirk McVeigh, played Carl Grissom in Chicago Fire. He's also, I know him better, he played Kent in Veep and was in Suits as well as Cameron Dennis. Uh, He's been in Mixtiff quite recently. He also does a bunch of voice actors. He plays Harvey Birdman in the Adult Swim series, done voices for Family Guy, for Archer, Effie's for family, Trolls the Beat Goes On, Big Mouth, Bob's Burgers, a whole bunch of other stuff. There's a whole load of voice acting he does. Veep's the thing that I know him for, so uh, it's interesting because I know him more for a comedy role and this is obviously going to be a much more serious thing than that. Do you watch NCIS? I, it's not one that I particularly got into in terms of the procedurals and like you're 18 seasons in now, so I'm kind of a bit lost yeah. in it. 
<laughs> no, it's not been something I've ever followed. Um, yeah, some of these longer ones I've never got into, like um, SVU and NCIS, never got into them. But I remember Gary Cole and his appearance on uh, Chicago Fire uh, yeah. um, as well. Like that, he was a real villainous role in that, um, and it, it really led through a couple of seasons. He's a really good actor, very strong. What I will say though, if we're looking for diversity, he is a, a white man of a certain age that yes. completely matches what Mark Harmon is, and mm-hmm. you just maybe wonder if they should be pushing the diversity a little bit more in that program because they're replacing like for like and Mm. i'm not sure if that's always the right decision so yeah no i i do get that and we don't know that that is the role that he's going into the the suggestion is that's probably what he's been looked at for and uh he's in talks for it we don't know whether he's actually going to take it we don't know whether exactly what that role is but it does seem to be suggesting that they are searching for somebody to transition mark Harmon out of the series and it's not like shows can't survive without a major lead change i mean there's a number of these long-running procedurals that have had that i mean csi went through two or three different people in the main csi show as leads so it's a show that can certainly survive with a change of lead but uh it's going to be obviously very different and again it comes up with a certain amount of refreshing for these long-running shows as well so if that gets confirmed we'll let you know obviously the other thing of course we don't know with NCIS now is where if anywhere you're going to be able to watch it in the UK because it was one of the shows that was on Fox but it's a CBS show so it was a Fox UK show CBS show in the US none of the CBS series so NCIS New Orleans Bull and the main NCIS have got new homes since they opted to shut down Fox UK a bunch of the shows have moved on to star on Disney Plus but the CBS shows haven't been given a new home yet i rather suspect that ncis will end up somewhere because it's a huge show i suspect somebody will pick that up because it's a long big name continuing series sky would be the obvious people but it may be a case of viacom cbs who own the channel five channels may decide to keep it for themselves and maybe put it on something like five usa same goes for bull because they already ran second run rights for bull so it may be that they start premiering bull on there difficult to say with NCIS New Orleans because that's only got one season left um, it's really unfortunate that that has got one season left and they've decided to shut down Fox I suspect that may turn up if nowhere else at some point in the future that may turn up on 5 USA if nobody else picks it up the only other place that I can see it going is onto one of the streaming services if they have all the previous series as well but at the moment no idea on any of those shows where they're going to end up the last news story we've got for today is a Disney Plus one, and they have officially ordered a Beauty and the Beast series live action. It's going to star Luke Evans and Josh Gad as Gaston and LeFou, and they're introducing Brandon Middleton as well, who is going to play LeFou's stepsister, Tilly. The series is set on the iconic kingdom of Beauty and the Beast years before the Beast and Belle's epic romance. The series will follow Gaston and LeFou as they set off with LeFou's stepsister Tilly after a surprising revelation from her past comes to light, sending the unlikely trio off on an unexpected journey for 
with romance, comedy and adventure. Well, the mysteries of the past are uncovered and the dangers of the present grow. Old friends and new enemies reveal that this familiar kingdom harbours many secrets. It's sort of a setup of how two strange people like Gaston and LeFou ended up somehow becoming friends and partners. That's the sort of basis idea for it. So um, <laughs> I think I've seen the live action movie and uh, Luke Evans and Josh Gad are great in that. And they're really, really well cast. I don't know Brianna Middleton at all. She is a relative newcomer, which is why you might not know that name. But yeah, I mean, the other two reprising their roles, I think is great. It's developed, exact produced and written by Josh Gad himself, along with Edward Kissis and Adam Horowitz, who the um, two people that were behind Once Upon a Time, so have a long history of dealing with kind of Disney characters. They're serving as fairy, yeah. fairy tales and stuff. So uh, they're serving as the co-showrunners for it. So I think that's a solid pair of people. I mean, it sounds like it could be quite sounds good. good. As soon as I saw that story, I'd, I'd, I'd recently just listened to Luke Evans on an interview podcast somewhere else. And he was just saying, so it may have been recorded in the last couple of weeks, that he was off for eight months to Colombia or somewhere to film something. And so when I read this, I was like, well, they can't be starting this until at least 2022. Then I saw that it was, they're not actually going to go into filming, are they, till much later down the line? No. Uh, because Luke Evans is involved in a big project um, for about the next eight months. And I was just thinking, imagine taking eight months of your life to go and film a project and then you come back and you've got the next one lined up already. No break, no break for the actors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. All right for some. I mean, that's what you want as an actor though, is to go from one job straight into another. Yeah. It's going to go into production in spring 2022, that. So it is a while off. And I mean, if that's only starting production in spring, it's going to be at the very earliest Christmas, I would say 2022, before you see it on screen, depending how many episodes it is and stuff. So, I mean, that, that's going to be a while off. It may even be 2023 before it actually makes it on screen. But um, I, I think that it's nice to see them doing some interesting stuff with the live action Disney side of things, using the actual Disney characters, because I, I don't think they've done that many of, you know, they've done films and things, but I don't think they've done series particularly. So I think this is a sort of interesting one. And I think it's got a solid group of people behind it. So that should be good. So that's all the news for this week. Let's move on to some highlights for the next few weeks on TV. We have highlights for the next few weeks. The reason for that is I am taking a two-week break. We will be back on Tuesday, the 13th of July. So uh, I've got a little break lined up. So uh, we won't be a show for the next couple of weeks. There will be some interview podcasts, I think, going out, but uh, there won't be a, a normal show for a couple of weeks. So I've done some highlights running right up until when we come back. We'll start off with Bosch, which returns for its seven and final, in quotes, season on Amazon Prime. That's on the 25th of June. That, of course, is sort of its final season, but they have got a spin-off show coming which has half the same cast in it, including the guy that plays Bosch. So <laughs> it's sort of finished, but sort of not. That's season seven of that on Amazon Prime, 25th of June, that lands. Party of Five, which is the reimagining of the classic 19 series, only ran for one season, so it is already cancelled. But if you fancy going and seeing that, that's coming to all four on the 25th of June as well. Central Park, season two of that, that's that's the Apple animated musical comedy, again, starring Josh Gad. That's coming the 25th of June as well on Apple TV+. Plus. Then over on Disney on the 25th as well, we've got Mysterious Benedict Society, which is a new show which placed undercover at a boarding school known as the Institute. A group of orphans must foil a nefarious plot with global ramifications while creating a new sort of family along the way. It looks like a really 
fun show. It's got Tony Hale in the lead as Mr. Benedict in it as well. So uh, Tony Hale's wonderful. You'll know him from Veep. That could be well worth watching. That's coming on the 25th of June. Then moving on to the 29th of June, we start with the Arrowverse finally returning in the UK. We're kicking off with Supergirl season six. That's the final season on the 29th of June at 8pm. Then that's followed on the 30th of June by Legends of Tomorrow season six at 8pm. And then the Flash season seven, which is on the 1st of July at 8pm. So I think that's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You may have seen these in a slightly different order kicking around. That's because Sky changed them around at the last minute. And also whoever did the advert on TV got the order wrong as well the first time they put it out. So there's been, and they've been oh, in like three completely different orders, but I am told this is the locked order now. So it's Supergirl's Legends Flash is the order that they are coming out in. That is the locked correct order they are telling me now. But there has been a few variations of that flying around. That's going to be awkward for that person yeah. doing the editing. <laughs> yeah, somebody in the graphics department, I think, had a very bad Monday morning. So mm-hmm. moving on to Alibi on the 5th of July at 11 p.m., they are starting to run The Good Wife from season one. So if you missed that show before, you can catch it now on Alibi. That's going to be running on there. Over on Star on Disney Plus on the 7th of July, American Dad season 17 starts. So that is now premiering on Star on Disney Plus. That's one of the shows that's been relocated from Fox. Also on Disney Plus on the 7th of July, you have Monsters at Work starting, which looks like such a wonderful, fun series based around the Monsters, Inc. franchise, of course. And uh, it's 7th of July for that on Disney Plus. That's Monsters at Work. Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, which is the CGI anime based on the Resident Evil universe. That starts on Netflix on the 8th of July. Also on Netflix, you have Atypical, the fourth and final season of that brilliant comedy that is coming back. That is starting on the 9th of July on Netflix. And also on the 9th of July, season two of Biohackers, which is a superb German language drama. That is coming back for its second season on the 9th of July as well. So there's lots and lots of stuff coming up. There is a whole bunch of other things coming up in June and July as well. Go and check out the website for lists of anything coming up and there will be bits and pieces going up on the website whilst I'm off as well. That's all the shows and all the stuff we have. I will be back in a couple of weeks. If they want to find you in the intervening time, where can they get to you? Come and follow me over on Twitter at GreyTheGeek. Uh, see me moaning about consumer stuff, but also putting things up about my TV and my weekend. Uh, yeah, come and have a chat with me. Yeah, go and have a chat with uh, Grey. That's Grey with an A, the geek, over on Twitter. For other people involved in the show, Bex, you can find on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes. That's B-Y-T-E-S. She's streaming daily and various evenings. Lots of fun stuff over there they've been doing. And so go and check her out over on her stream. For Matt, he's got lots and lots of podcasts coming out over on entertainmenttalk.org. So you can go and find that over there, including the Breaking Bad podcast, which I'm doing with him right now. You can also go and check out Daryl on hollywoodnorthnews.net for all the TV shows you love, which are shot in Canada. So go and check him out over there. For us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week, see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, email us on podcast.geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. We shall be back on Tuesday, the 13th of July. I shall see you then. Bye.
Bye-bye. Bye-bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.